0: solutions broadcasting for the pods moving in storage studio it's the ramsey show where net is dumb cash is king and the paid off home mortgage has taken the place of the bmw as the status symbol of choice we help people build wealth do work that they love and create actual amazing relationships George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Mike is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hey, Mike, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. How
1: are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Sure. What's up? Well, got a question for you. Um, My wife and I have been following the baby steps. Uh, We are consumer debt free, uh, no car loans. Um, other than only thing we owe is, um, on our primary residence. And then I have several rental properties, um, that uh, I've got five that still have a note on them. Um, our, we have two senior college kids. And so we've got about one semester left and we've been flow in that. So my, my question is about the rentals. Um, is it, you know, I've got a couple of them that have like a, one has a note of 20000 one has a note of, uh, you know, a little less than 40000 Is it okay to do the uh, debt snowball on those and as I pay those off, you know, keep paying those off and then move to my primary resident? or does it make more sense to sell a few of those off and just wipe out the primary resident?
0: How many rental properties do you own, total? I have 10. Okay, and five of them have a note, and 20 and 40, and what are the kind of notes?
1: Uh, one is like 70, another one is like eight, a little over 80, uh-huh. and then the last one is uh, like 125.
0: Okay, and your personal residence is how much owed on it? Uh,
1: 320.
0: And your household income is what?
1: Uh, my wife and I make about uh, a little over 200 a year.
0: Cool. How old are y'all?
1: Fifty-five?
0: Um, Fifty-five. Yeah. yeah, That's about right. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so two, two approaches. Since, since your notes on your rentals are very small compared to your house, yeah, I would do those first because they're easy, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, if they were equal, I'd pay off your house first, but they're not equal. Okay. So it doesn't come up. But um, – uh, and so the debt snowball does work. So there, there's two approaches you could use to this. And anywhere in between those two approaches is fine. One is simply, like you said, just debt snowball them and then pay off your house as quick as you can after that with all the increased cash flow. You got all the cash flow from 10 rentals, plus you got the household income of 200, so you knock out the 300 in, what, a couple of years probably. Uh, maybe maybe sure. three years, something like that. So, uh, you know, by the time you're 60, you need to be done with all this. Right. That's what I'm saying. Okay, now, if, however, you wanted to go – crazy and just be done now you probably could sell half these rentals and clear and clear everything couldn't you
1: yeah yeah i have about seven hundred thousand in equity
0: yeah so that that's the other side of the spectrum one spectrum is the slow way plot out over five years one's the instant way now and you could do anything in between which is probably what I would do is something in between. Cause generally speaking, when I meet people that have 10 rental properties, they have two of them. They really don't like that much. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that's the two I'm going to (laughs) sell. And so now, now I, now I'm not going to get rid of all of it right now today, but I'm going to accelerate this five year to maybe a three year by picking off two or three that I'm not that thrilled with. Anyway, I might not buy them again if I didn't already own them kind of property and just clear those notes and those and throw those equities at the other rentals and or at the house. And so none of this is required. Anywhere in there is okay. All at okay. once today by selling enough of it to just clear everything. And you know, you got three cleared properties and your cleared house and boom, we're done. Okay, that's today. The other way is five years you slow walk it out and then somewhere in between a hybrid, which is getting rid of something you probably don't even like anyway that you don't, you know, sure. five years from now, you're, you know, that the house is not, it's not done that good. It's a pain in the butt. It's always, you know, it's, a, it's an older property. It's hard to maintain. It's a neighborhood that's not doing that great. The type of renters I get in there aren't that great. Whatever it is, something that that's the way I would find a property I didn't like in my portfolio. I'd be going, this one is less fun than the other ones, you know?
2: What's yep. your long-term yeah.
0: plan, Mike? Uh, you
2: want to retire in a few years? Have you talked to your wife about this?
0: Well, she'd like to
1: retire tomorrow, Um, but no, we're probably looking at uh, my wife's a travel nurse and, and I'm in sales, so we're probably looking anywhere between, you know, probably 10 years from now.
2: Okay. This just helps me drive the decision to go, okay, if she wants to stop working tomorrow, I might be selling some of these properties versus using our future income to try to pay them off more slowly. So I would have a conversation with your wife about this, make that decision together, but I like the plan of splitting the difference, and if it's not enough, we go, all right, we're going to sell the next least favorite
0: one to speed this up. Yeah, and just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm probably going to pick off two or three of these that I'm not that excited about anyway and accelerate this and make it a three-year or three-and-a-half-year plan or whatever, but it's a five-year plan if you don't sell anything. It's what the math is telling me. Just I'm just doing quick numbers in my head, but I think I'm pretty close on that. Hey, that's well done, sir. You've done great building this up. I'm that's proud awesome. of you. Good, good work. A lot of stuff you can do there. A lot of stuff you can do. Mike is with us in St. Paul. Hey, Mike, welcome to the Ramsey Show.
3: Yeah, hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. Sure. What's up? Um, yeah, so my question is uh, that my wife and I are looking for some advice on whether or not um, paying off our current home and paying for a lot of upgrades to modernize it or selling it and purchasing a more modern home um, and starting with a fresh mortgage. Uh-huh. What's um, it going to cost
2: to update so the I mean, house?
3: Uh, it's going to cost about 100000 to upgrade the house. We're looking at um, siding, a master bath, finishing a basement, and a kitchen.
2: Wow. That's a lot. Do you think that will increase the value by 100? Um,
3: that's, that's a tough question um, with today's market kind of changing so much uh, so quickly. Um, we just know that, you know, emotionally, uh, you know, it, it's hard for us to kind of wrap our heads around that, um, you know, hiring out contractors, getting bids, having our house torn apart, yeah. and then also how long that, pro- you know, all those projects look like.
0: I only did a minor remodel that's not as extensive as you're talking about while I was living in the house one time, and I distinctly remember sitting in a lawn chair on plywood where they had ripped the carpet up in my master bedroom watching television, and I told my wife, you might be a redneck (laughs) if you are in your master bedroom watching a big screen on plywood in a lawn chair. And so, yeah, and so I just, that, that was the end of me doing this stuff. So if I'm in your shoes, I'm just going to go buy something. I wouldn't fool with it. Life is too short to remodel a house while you live in it. Whew. It's a pain in the butt. Sawdust in everything. It's hard. Now, light remodels are one thing, but the, what you're talking about is very extensive. It's almost as extensive as building a house. And uh, I personally wouldn't do that. Uh, I'd move out and uh, I'd just go buy something. Life. I mean, there's houses everywhere. That's what I would do. Joining us, America, George Camel, Ramsey, personality, is my co-host today. Uh, When you're worried about money, it's all you can think about. Stress affects your marriage, your family, your career. It affects everything until one day you look up and you feel like everything's on fire. Well, you shouldn't have to live this way. And by the way, you don't have to. When you have a plan, you will discover peace in your life that you didn't think was possible. Financial Peace University, you'll learn the same plan that almost 10 million people have on how to budget, how to save and spend wisely, how to get out of debt, become wealthy, outrageously generous, and the course includes Dr. John Deloney and George Camel and Rachel Cruz and me. It's the best version of Financial Peace University we've ever done, and we're offering it at the lowest price we ever have to make it as easy as possible to get started. So decide today that you're done letting money stress rule your life. Get started with Financial Peace University by visiting com slash FPU. com slash FPU. George, it's worth noting that while everything else is going up with inflation, the cost for Financial Peace University is the lowest it has ever been right now. I don't know how you did it, it's worth noting. That's amazing. Worth noting. Yeah, I had that's... nothing to do with it. Someone over in Financial Peace University decided to lower the price didn't even ask me. It's worth but every penny.
2: Go. I mean, the turnarounds we see in the first few months of doing this stuff, you save thousands of dollars, pay off thousands of dollars of debt that you wouldn't have otherwise if you didn't follow this plan.
0: It's crazy. It's Absolutely amazing. works. All right, Valerie's in San Antonio. Hey, Valerie, how are you?
4: Hi, I'm good. How are you, Mr. Ramsey?
0: Better than I deserve. How can we help?
4: Um, I have a quick question about Baby Steps. Um, I'm on Baby Step 2, and after we pay off our credit cards, um, technically our next debt is my daughter's braces. Um, we owe about 3800 on them now. Um, my question is, though, should we pay that all off because my husband is looking for another job and we wouldn't be living in the same city, or do I still pay it off and then move on, you know? As okay, I'm sorry, as, if you move you know, you know, cities, they're
0: going to take our braces out?
4: No, I just didn't know if you pay off that debt, if we have to go to another orthodontics, um, if they would honor that, or I'm not sure how that works.
2: So you're in debt for the entire treatment plan, but you're saying the treatment plan isn't done, and you're moving in the middle of it. No,
4: yes. Well, my husband is looking for another job. Um, We're from the north. We live in Texas right now, and it's just too hot for us. Um, So she will have braces, they predict, about two years. Um, I'm assuming we're going to move in the meantime, but I just don't know, so I wasn't sure.
0: I'm I'm not sure exactly how this works, so, um, but it's... it's, (laughs) You're saying you're going to have to pay someone to finish the treatment, finish dealing with their braces in another city, right? Yes.
4: Cause and cause you're, you're not going to have, have to, them have them to pay the orthodontist
0: that put them in.
4: Well, I'm making a monthly payment right now. I know, but I mean, if you move, if
0: you move, you don't have to pay them.
4: I don't. I don't know how that works. I, I, don't, I don't either. either. I, I think you've got to pay them. Yeah. Well, I don't know because they said it's for the full treatment. So well, call them, them, them and the call them and ask, them, ask them, them and tell them you're thinking
0: about moving. And what what do you owe today if you were okay. to move?
4: Okay. And pay and that. because okay, because our next debt is um, our car, which is much more. So I wasn't sure. Yeah. You know how that works. But
0: I, I want I, you know, I'm guessing that there is. I, I don't know what they're doing here. Uh, I um I don't know how it works. So yeah, you do want to clear it though. You don't want to have a debt hanging over your head when you're in another city on these braces. Okay. So you need to find out what the debt is in the event you move in the next three months and, uh, and clear that. And then if you stay, then you'll continue the plan. You'd pay the rest of it off, right? If you'd move, then you've cleared it and you're good to go, right? Yes. By the way, get all that in writing. So there's no confusion later. Don't, uh, it's not that they would rip you off necessarily, uh, orthodontists aren't known for being scam artists or anything like that but sometimes there's confusion and when it's written down it gets rid of the confusion
2: and there may be something in that contract for the treatment plan that says this is what you owe us regardless of what you do with your life and yeah, so it I'm may be the case
0: kind of afraid you owe the whole thing but i don't know how that works jonathan is in denver hey jonathan welcome to the ramsey show
5: hey mr ramsey george nice talking to you
0: guys you too how can we help
5: um so, uh, me and my girlfriend have been dating for around eight months now. Um, I have introduced her to your guys' plan. Um, I'm trying to find the best way to help her, um, without being an enabler or any sort of, uh, you know, back end where she ends up just relying on me. Um, she does, she doesn't <laughs> appreciate when I do like ask her if she would like some money in the, and when, you know, there's a couple weeks where. She would dig down on me because uh, she would um, she would uh, end up just saying that she's broke or like she just can't find a way out. So I'm just trying to find the best way to help her without being an enabler.
2: So she's actively asking you for money regularly? No, uh, she she never does.
5: It's more like I I to ask her if she would like some money just because. I don't like seeing her struggle. And she's um, offended by that. Um, I wouldn't say she's offended. She doesn't take any sort of like offense to it. Any offensive stand Um, she's very understanding. She's very caring. Um, okay. So what's of, her problem? problem. How
0: much debt does she have?
5: Um, I am unsure. Um, she won't disclose that to me. Like I said, we're still dating. It's not like we're married or anything like that, but I do see her as a potential. She, I do see it as me and her getting married because, uh, she Not until you find maker. out what
0: the flip's going on.
5: Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, she's currently in school. Um, there is times where uh, she is a CNA, so she gets put on call at times. Um, I have, you know, informed her, like, hey, you know, can you try looking at other departments in your hospital to see if you could get, you know, any extra income or anything like that. But I just feel like sometimes um, she How tries. How old are uh, you? She also,
0: I'm 24. How old is she? Uh,
5: she's 24 as well.
0: Okay. All right. Um, so here's the thing. In your mind, this relationship has progressed further than it has in hers. Um. You are you are completely I'm, dabbling in her business, and she doesn't want you to know what it is. Correct. You are further along the path than she is. I do feel like,
5: in terms of emotion, um, it is mutual. No, it's not. But in terms of finance, No, it's
0: not. Because you're willing to tell her everything about you and about your money, and she's not willing to tell you what's going on with her money. Correct. And that may be coming from shame and some baggage, but we have to unpack this
2: before this relationship progresses any further. Correct.
0: Yeah, this is a blockade to... um, to, to you all getting to know each other better at, at a deep level called intimacy, okay, and yeah. so emotional intimacy. And so you guys getting to know each other and disclosing and starting to share life is a precursor to you guys going to an into an engagement. And so until she's ready right. to take that next step, you're standing over here ready to go step she's not ready to go. Um, and so I guess you've just got to find out a, is this shame or B, is she just not ready to move forward as much as you're ready to move forward? There's po- um, either one's possible.
5: I, I do feel it's more in the shame part. Um, just cause there is points where, you know, uh, she is hard on money and she still tries to walk behind it with a budget and make herself, make her ends. You, you don't have
0: any idea um, what's going on. Because you don't um, know how much she know. has in debt. You don't know how much income she has. You don't know what's going on. All you saw is your girlfriend crying. That's all you know.
5: Yeah, I mean, I do know what she makes. Um, she has uh, disclosed some information in terms of, like, what she makes, um, what she's trying to do. But in terms of, like, um, her her debt, her student loans and stuff, um, I've asked her, and it's more like I feel like she's ashamed.
0: Well, I mean you can't go forward in this relationship until she's can get past this it's a blockade and so you got to just back up and give this some more time or it's a cut it's a cut bait thing one of the two i don't know which it is but doesn't sound like it's that yet but um at some point we have to be able to open up about these things in spite of shame in spite of pride whatever it is this is the ramsey show Good morning, America. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Anthony is with us in Colorado Springs. Hi, Anthony. Welcome to the Ramsey
3: Show. Good afternoon, guys. Thank you for taking our call. Sure. What's up? So, my wife and I are realtors here in Colorado, and uh, we paid off... Uh, our first primary residence, which is now an investment property, and now we just paid off our current primary residence. Way to go. Um, we have What's that, sir? I said way to go. Oh, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Um, we have no debt. Um, cars are paid off. Both of our degrees are paid off. Um, my question is, is we're considering an investment, our third, I guess our second investment property, um, and the rates are really high, but we did get a HELOC and we did get approved on our primary residence. And we wanted your thoughts on moving forward with the HELOC. We did do some numbers and we're looking at about $500 a month cash flow
0: on this particular property.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: That's when it's rented. Correct. Yes, sir. And you know they're not always rented. Yes, sir. And you know renters don't always pay
3: yes sir
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay so um i'm pointing out the obvious but what is interesting is that uh, those of us that are real estate people you and me um one of the things that happens when we get to be real estate people is they take our risk meter out and they break it with a hammer and we no longer perceive risk and we say things like oh it's going to cash flow 500 dollars in a perfect freaking world only you know, but nobody tells that out loud. That heat and air's go out, and it's thirty-five hundred bucks, or roof leak over here, or water heater blows out the, the, pop-off valve, and the half the basement floods. And oh, by the way, the renter's going to sue you for that too. And, and nobody brings this stuff up. It's part of the equation, though. I don't mind it. I. It's part of real estate. I own a bunch of real estate, as you probably know. But um, yeah, the ca- cash flow can be a, a a bit overstated when we don't take all things into consideration. So. Anthony, um, I mean, I don't know how long you guys have been listening to us, but we tell folks not to borrow money. Okay. And so uh, the way I built my second real estate portfolio, the way I built the first one is like you're doing, and I went broke and lost it all. The way I built my second one is I paid cash for it, and it was slower. Now, you have no house payment, dude, and you have a rental property with no debt on it, so it's cash flowing like a bandit in that sense. I mean, every yes, bit of money that thing makes, it really makes it. does in none of it has to go to the bank. Um, and, and I'm going to guess and say that you said both of you are in real estate, I'm going to guess and say you guys are making north of 200 grand, aren't you? What do you make?
3: Uh, we made um, 400,000 last year.
0: Yeah. Okay. I thought you were killing it. Maybe not this year. Maybe things are slowing down a little, but, but, Correct. but three to 400. Okay. And, um, and, and, what can happen is is that you begin to feel bulletproof and you don't perceive the risk anymore in these situations. So I, I'm always going to teach you what we have found to be true with the vast majority of millionaires we've studied, and that is be the tortoise, slow and steady and ugly, and he always wins the race, and I'm going to save up and pay cash for it. I will tell you that a beautiful thing happens when you get to three or four properties pretty quickly, uh, your pro your, your rental income will buy you another house every year. That's awesome. But it takes a little while and the first two are like pulling teeth and it, you're tempted to go do a HELOC cause everything in your w- real estate world, everything in the world I grew up in tells you to borrow money. No one in the real estate business runs around saying be debt free. It just doesn't happen. But when I find millionaires and I study them that own real estate, almost all of them did it without debt or got out of the debt as quickly as they possibly could, like you did the first time. Something drove you to get out of debt.
3: Yes, sir. So you're saying even if we have to wait till, like, next summer, if we're going to pay cash, that's the route to go.
2: That's less than a year away. We're not talking 10 years from now. Yeah. You guys have a great income. You
0: could buy this rental property a year from now, do a little slower with way less risk yeah just be steady be steady be steady be steady here's the thing Uh, we've done detailed research 100 percent of the foreclosures occur on a home with a mortgage when Mm -hmm. when a pandemic hits when a when your tenant goes into uh, chapter seven and it's uh four months before the court opens that case up and you don't get any payments during that time you got no issue or someday it could happen to you like it did a while to me a while back a tenant came up and said hey um my wife's got cancer and stage four and we don't know what we're gonna do we're scared and we just said uh well let's just take it well you keep us informed we want to stay up with what's going on but we were able to give them a break and not have to charge them for a while um you know you get yourself in those kinds of positions that you can be generous and compassionate when, it, when and you can and you don't get caught by somebody who's trying to mess you over. In another case, where somebody just doesn't want to pay, and you have a pandemic moratorium on evictions or some kind of crap like that, um, and th- you know, st- I've been doing this all 30 years, and it's just there's something always messing with your real estate. Real estate's a wonderful investment, and I love it, and I want you to do it, but I want you to pay cash. That's what I would do if I were in your shoes. It's what I have done, and now I own several hundred million dollars worth of real estate. I mean, the building we're sitting in alone is $100 million. So, um, you know, just as an example. But that's, you know, it's, yeah, that's what I want you to do. Well,
2: you make different decisions when you can do it with no debt, with a lot of clarity, move slowly, use wisdom, and not be desperate because you owe the lender. It's. I like that plan. a,
0: a steady grace is the word, gracefulness. The, the movements are more of a dance rather than a thrashing about. It's not a, it's not a mosh pit at a <laughs> at a, a punk rock. At the rock, rock show, concert. yeah. And that's pretty. You know, you know. Basically, the the people that we find that really build wealth, they have this steady move. Um, you know, almost like it's a martial arts workout or something, or a, or a yoga move or something like that. And uh, the TikTok real estate investors are pretty much a punk rock mosh pit Mm. and you're going to get about the same different result i mean there's different things that there's just you're going to get a bloody nose in the mosh pit that's (laughs) all i'm saying there's a flow to it here you know crowd surfing with undependable people you know that's all it is so it's uh, (laughs) but yeah that's that uh, that's dr john deloney's field i guess i yes. shouldn't be stepping into his Dave area of is a, definitely his area of expertise yoga. but yeah your yoga john yeah, i look like rock. yoga but yeah but the uh uh that's not the point but there's there's this when i find uh people who have built wealth there's a there i never thought about it until just sitting here talking about it, thinking about it out loud right now but there is a there's a graceful movement to the cadence. They're not rushed. To what you're doing. There's no rush. There's a no wisdom. It's can be kind. Um, it's very strong. Uh, it can be courageous. You know, but those movements have all of that in play, and it affects how well the investments do because there's you don't have to force everything. There's not as much friction. There's not as much there's not angst pressure on it. around it. And uh, we take all of that out, out when you put debt on it and The more debt you put on it, the more wild and crazy and more zeros thrashing on about that there is and all that, and, and it's just, um, yeah, it, it, there is a risk factor. When we had Grand, Steph, Grand Graham Stephan in the other day, we were talking about that on his podcast that we recorded. I guess, it, I don't know, has that dropped yet? Or? Yeah,
2: it's all out there. Is it? Okay. Ice Coffee Hour on his separate channel, and you are on his channel uh, once or twice. They're reviewing his portfolio. Yeah,
0: and he came on here for a little while on yeah. this show, yeah. Sharp young guy, but we were just talking because he's what you know, well-known, big-time YouTuber on the uh, real estate investing stuff. But, and we so,
2: disagree on the financial. Part so we, of that. we,
0: well, not not violently. I mean, we're friends, but um, um, and he's a uh, sharp young guy. But uh, but it, it was it was, it was a fun discussion. But that's the kind of thing. And I, I, wish I had thought of that example even when I was with him. That this there's, there's a gracefulness, a smooth movement of kindness and, and a peace courage place. and strength that is different than when you're leveraged to your eyeballs. You know, it just changes everything. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day Colossians three thirteen. bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the Lord forgave you Mark Twain said forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it Ooh, true poet look at that He should be a writer. Open phones at 888-825-5225. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Tyler is next in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hey, Tyler, what's up in your world? Not much. What's up in yours? Struggling through, brother. How can we help? (laughs) Um, So I would love to run my uh,
1: situation by it and kind of get your thoughts. Um, so, a quick summary would be that I'm graduating uh, from local university here in December, a degree in finance, and I'm graduating debt free, thanks almost entirely in part to my amazing parents. Way to go. Well, Very recently, good. Recently, in terms of yesterday, I accepted a return offer stemming from my summer internship uh, at one of the largest uh, banks in the country. Way to go. Uh, what are, in your opinion, uh, some of the biggest pitfalls uh, or mistakes that people in my situation tend to make, and what would be the best way to go about avoiding them?
2: Mm. So you're saying, my first adult big boy job out of college, I don't want to screw this up.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, Correct. No- Number one, the principles that got you through school debt-free, I want you to carry throughout, which is wise planning, Mm -hmm. diligence, live on less than you make. Don't go out and buy a bunch of toys and get in a house and do things when you're not financially ready. Just because that's what you're supposed to do after college, because you saw your friends do it, and now they're going, dude, you don't have a nice. Mm-hmm. Why are you still driving that beater car? You don't have a house yet, dude. You have a great job in finance. What are you doing? That's what you're about to be up against in the adult world that no one tells you is the amount of pressure and comparisons that are about to come your way.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: So if you can battle against that, you are going to be just fine because you're you're coming out of this completely debt free.
1: Yes, correct. What do you drive? Uh 2010 Ford Taurus with about 190,000 miles on it. I love it.
0: it. Okay. And what will you be making at the new gig? Uh 70 a year. And when does that start? February 27. I graduate in December. February of 27? What'd you say? February 27th of this upcoming Okay. Year. Oh, so this coming February. Okay
3: correct yeah okay. so I have two months after graduation okay
0: uh, what I would do is get a uh, a modest apartment furnish it modestly um, mm-hmm. and um, a- and uh, uh, pile up cash and get you a better car your car sucks
1: <laughs> yeah uh, I'm looking at uh, looking at upgrading
0: yeah about, uh, about, a, about a, maybe about a, a, as quick as you can say five ten thousand bucks let's move up in car Okay. All right. Uh, I, if your car was a better car, I'd have you drive it for an, a year or two. But this one's—you need to upgrade this one. Um, sure do. And uh, but you don't need to go into debt to do it. We're going to pay cash. And so first big Correct. cash goal is build your emergency fund. The next big cash goal is save up and buy and move up in car five ten thousand bucks something like that. Um, and then you're just going to start systematically moving towards uh, you know your investing and start invent you know, whatever you're gonna do you're gonna pay cash for and we're gonna start mm-hmm. saving towards the first house um, and get your 401k and that kind of stuff started uh, probably down in the summer somewhere mm-hmm. about, about about a year from now all that stuff will start hitting but it sounds like you've studied our stuff like you know it all uh, know what yeah, we teach. I've I been mean. an active
3: listener yeah for the past two years uh, then in high school we did a curriculum in one of my classes
0: yeah good it's awesome So the Foundations in Personal Finance, our high school curriculum, set the table for you. That's perfect. Yeah, so you're asking really mature, wise questions because, you know, what does happen, Tyler, and you've watched your friends do this maybe, is the first thing people do when they come out of school is um, they go get a car payment because they deserve a new car to go with their new job, to go with their new apartment. And they usually rent an apartment or house that is uh, too nice. Uh, I did. I didn't buy a new car, but I did, I I mean, Sharon, and I got married like two weeks after I graduated and we rented a three bedroom townhouse and there were two of us. It was, I mean, you know, it didn't make, it's dumber than a rock. Why do we need three bedrooms? But we thought, you know, and six months later we moved into a little one bedroom Mm. because we grew up and we got smart, you know, and, uh, had an adult or two speak into my life and go, that's stupid. And, um, it was. And, and so, but that's, uh, uh, and it was half, the the one bedroom was half the price. Mm. I mean, it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense at all. And he can get on. some roommates, too. I mean, he's a single guy coming I, out of college. I, yeah, and, and, but, yeah, so, so you're going to kind of get stabilized in your, uh, you know, in your uh, lifestyle and in everything, and, and just don't jump in. The problem is people graduate, they start making 70 grand, they act like they're making 700 grand, and they go bananas, and it's like they've been... Working four years, living on, you know, uh, cafeteria food, um, sitting on old used furniture and horrible stuff in the dorm or whatever, and now I get to go out and have like a real life, and then they they dramatically overspend.
2: Just blank check now, that thing. Tyler's
0: not going to do that. But, no. But some of Tyler's friends are, and he may already be observing that. But the biggest mistake most people do is they go get a car payment, day one. As soon as they get out of school, they go get a car and a big car payment. And it's a very nice car that they can't afford. So save up, pay cash for a better car. You do need to do that, but we're going to pay cash. And and then let's just cash flow, no debt, any moves you're going to make past that and furniture, whatever it is you're doing.
2: And he set up the foundation. I mean, it's rare to to meet a kid who's graduating completely debt-free because his parents yeah. were wise. So it sets him up differently than a kid who's coming out of college with a hundred grand asking us, what do I do now? Because yeah. now we go, you got to clean up this mess for the next three years. Exactly. Exactly. And so he's you got, in an amazing you got, you spot. you got
0: three years of your life back.
2: That's the power of following this plan. So way to go, Tyler. It's and actually,
0: if you're, if you're more normal, you've got 10 years of your life back that you don't have this debt hanging around you, this epic failure of student loans. You know, George, I was thinking earlier today it's on, on that same subject, the, um, our documentary on student loans is absolutely a must-watch right now. It's even more relevant than when we released it. Yeah, borrowed future uh, with all the discussion of student loans and of the cost of education and what the cost of education is going to do as a result of this forgiveness, if the forgiveness actually comes through from the Biden administration. It's um, yet to figure out if it's does require an act of Congress or not. Um, this time, literally. Usually literally, you say that ironically. Not, not, as a, not as a figure of speech, but an actual act of Congress. Um, does uh, does Congress have to approve the spending and most people think they do and so can he get that through before the uh, Democrats do not any longer have a majority after midterms because they're going to take there's going to be a bloodbath on that uh, most people say most people believe so then what do we do from there and um, so borrowed future to set you up to have uh, the young people in your life be a Tyler instead of being hundreds of thousand of dollars in debt, it's, it's just essential. What you study matters, where you study it matters, and, and uh, college choice is really tied into this whole epic failure called the student loan program. And uh, we disclose and uh, uncover, reveal the predatory nature of the whole program and it's it's the underbelly of this thing's nasty. It is dark stuff. It's nasty and dark and evil and it's out of control. And it was a well-intentioned idea that got the federal government's hands on it, which will screw up Christmas. And uh man, it is a mess. And you know, and it still begs the question that we asked in the documentary, or the statement that we asked in the documentary, that if you're going to forgive student loans while you're still making them, that is intellectually dishonest. If they're so bad and so oppressive, and the, the poor people that have been taken advantage of, have that they must be forgiven, and yet you're still making them, it's just straight-up wrong. You're asking politicians to be logical, Dave. That's where you messed up. Well, critical thinking skills should be required somewhere in the vicinity of Washington D.C., but apparently not. So,
2: well, every parent needs to watch this because it'll spark some great conversations. Every parent, that everybody
0: kid. that has a teenager, every teacher. If you're a teacher, we'll still let your classroom watch it for free. So get in touch with us. It's one of the biggest documentaries on, uh, you know, on Amazon Prime. So go out there and watch it. It's a Google Play. It's out there. Borrowed future. This is The Ramsey Show. Dave here. We just launched a brand new audience survey for The Ramsey Show, and we'd love your feedback. You could be entered to win a $500 Visa gift card. No purchase necessary. Take the survey at RamseySolutions.com slash survey.
2: Hey, if you're a fan of this podcast, we've got more where that came from. Ever wondered how to win in business and leadership? I'm George Camel, host of the Entree Leadership Podcast, where you'll hear exceptional advice, origin stories, and practical strategies for success. These weekly conversations with America's brightest business owners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs will help you succeed in all areas of business and leadership. Listen to the Entree Leadership Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.